Hello, and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from my home in the greater Chicago area. In this special episode of IRI Growth Insights, recorded on May 14th, 2020, we're discussing COVID-19 and its impact on the CPG and retail industries. For daily updates on consumer reaction, real-time data on product categories, as well as insights and implications to the CPG retail industry, I encourage you to visit IRIWorldwide.com to see the IRI COVID-19 dashboard powered by IRI Liquid Data. At the same location, you'll find a number of COVID-19 reports that provide valuable information across countries, categories, and channels. Hello, and welcome to another episode of IRI Growth Insights. Last week, I spoke with John Crawford, IRI's VP of Client Insights, Dairy about dairy in a stay-at-home world. Dairy sales are up about 27% compared to a year ago. But what about dairy's perimeter partners, deli and bakery? Today, I have the privilege of welcoming back my colleague, Jonna Parker, principal of IRI's Fresh Center of Excellence, and our special guest and great partner to IRI, Anna Marie Rohrink. Anna Marie is president of 210 Analytics, a research company that specializes in food retailing. Anna Marie is known for her work in meat, produce, deli, bakery, and candy. Today, between Jana and Anna Marie, we'll be talking about the mixed results of bakery and deli, and we're going to be reimagining service retail in a post-COVID world. So let's start with kind of a level set um, and looking at thing, how things look in deli and bakery. And Anna Marie, since you're our special guest, let's start with you. Where are things now? Well, as you said, um, in total store overall, we had some gigantic panic purchasing weeks. And uh, ever since, sales have been highly elevated um, every single week compared to the week, uh, the same week the, the year before. But when we look at bakery and deli, um, that is not necessarily the case. Parts within bakery and deli are doing extremely well, but other parts, um, we just don't see the same consumer engagement that we had gotten used to over the last couple of years. And uh, those in specific are deli prepared, um, as well as the full service in-store bakery. I know people have different words for it. So fresh bakery, in-store bakery, um, that really heavily depends on on things like uh, cakes and cupcakes and and, um, indulgent items. So what we see within bakery is great strength in functional. Certainly people are complimenting the, the, the hot dogs and the burgers that they're buying um, with lots of bread and rolls and, and functional items. Um, but we're really seeing uh, indulgent items in both fresh bakery and a little bit in the aisle as well uh, suffer. And then, of course, deli prepared um, is, is just a... Uh, a very um, drastic story right now in that many retailers had invested enormous amounts of time, money, labor, training, etc. in um, in del- deli prepared areas and really made that a focal point of their differentiation. And all of a sudden, 
now many retailers have closed deli prepared operations, maybe moved to packaging. Um, and we've seen a track uh, below last year's levels anywhere from 20 to 40 percent uh, with really everything down, whether it is pizza or entrees or soup or sandwiches or salads. Um, so, yes, yeah, so reimagining, I think, is something that a lot of retailers and suppliers to the deli area are looking for. All right, Jana, how about you? What um, what are you seeing out there? I mean, you, you obviously agree because we talked about this yesterday on a webinar. Yes, I mean, I think the Anna Marie hit so well on one of the key core situations that we covered in our webinar yesterday. It is an absolute fact that less items are being offered or sold in these two departments. But I think that we have to decompose that there's really three, com- three parts to why there's less items, to why there's less sales. Number one, obviously, is as you said, these are service departments. In the height of the pandemic, every available set of hands was used to restock toilet paper, was used to maybe move from the meat department, you know, move meat from back of house to front of house, move pasta onto shelves. All of that store staff, you know, had to be repurposed in that way. However, I think the bigger situation we have to be honest about with ourselves is that the consumer demand, the reasons for these departments and their explosive growth in the past decade really evaporated overnight, the same way air travel evaporated and no one saw it coming, right? And demand has two components. One is definitely consumer wariness. Things that people can touch, either shoppers or store staff, have a new layer of concern for consumers that was not apparent three months ago. We have to be cognizant of that. You know, I think there's a lot of survey work, both that Tutan Analytics and IRI have done, that it's true right now that there is a portion of the population who don't want people to touch their food. And these are areas, whether you do or don't, there's a perception that, yes, someone has touched that food. I think, though, the bigger concern is we have to look at these apartments and say, what is the reason to buy? And Anna-Marie hit so well on one of the things that has challenged bakery is for that entire department's history, we've been incredibly reliant on large celebrations, Half sheet cakes sell for about $20 on average or more. Um, and that's a big ring. Also, they were the key anchor driver of things like disposable tableware and deli trays and all these other really important trip drivers to the store. And we didn't have an Easter like we had in the past. We're not going to have a graduation season like we had in the past. But that doesn't mean that people don't want celebrations, that they don't want cakes. We have to look at it and say, yes, there was more money to be made in 30 pack of cookies, but right now, five packs of cookies are what people need. And I think the same is true for a deli prepared foods. So much of that demand was driven by grab and go meal needs. You're on your way to soccer practice. You're on your way to a quick work meeting. Why not stop in the grocer on the corner and pick up something for dinner, pick up something for lunch? And that need has really gone away and will look extremely differently, let's be honest. Um, Our recent survey showed that most people are working from home, of course, and they're not expected to go back to five days a week anytime soon. So the original demand drivers that pushed people to those departments are different in 2020, but it doesn't mean that we can't sell these products. Right. So you've just talked about a couple different occasion things, and I'm wondering if there's a way for these departments to pivot to accommodate them. So we're missing some of those big celebrations. 
people still want to celebrate, as you said. So does that mean going to cupcakes? Does that mean, you know, different packaging to make people feel a little more secure? And then around the meal, you're right. We are we are cooking a lot from home. And this is a great thing for, for CPG grocery retail. But at the same time, we're kind of fatigued. You know, I mean, it's hard to come up with some inspiration and maybe some shortcuts. Not everyone, we, we do know a lot of people are going to stick with home cooking, but at the same time, um, everybody needs a break. And right now, a lot of people don't have that same access to food service um, or it's different. So it might be even a more special occasion to get something from um, a food service outlet. So how can grocery retail pivot to kind of reimagine what they're going to look like post COVID or even now as we're still trying to find some sense of joy and normalcy in our lives. Couple thoughts on that. First of all, holiday meals are small, but we saw enormous spikes for Easter because you're right. People are cooking, but we also knew that in the past when people got bored with the couple of meals they knew how to make, that's when they started going to restaurants. That's when they started going to Deli Prepared. So yes, we see enormous jumps in recipe searches. If you look at the Pinterest numbers, it's incredible. So people are trying to figure out how to create variety in their own kitchens. Um, other stats I saw, which was baffling to me, is you know immediately we saw a jump in things like Instant Pots and air fryers and pizza ovens. Uh, but more recently, I saw a stat that right after those two enormous panic buying weeks, the line for um, searches relative to things like cutting boards, tea kettles, knives, bowls, like just basic kitchen utensils, they was the, those lines were almost straight up. And so that shows me two things. First of all, if you don't have those basics in your kitchen, clearly you weren't cooking. You might have been assembling, but you weren't cooking. Those people are now buying those items. So I always say it's hard to have somebody answer, are you going to continue to cook or not? We all have the best intentions in the world. But the fact that they've invested in a lot of appliances and invested in kitchen basics mm -hmm. tells me that at least they're learning skills and at the very least that bodes well, I think, for years to come. Now, the other thing I'll say is that even pre-COVID, a lot of times when people were looking for variety and they were just not in a mood to cook or out of time to cook, um, restaurants won two out of three times. And for a lot of retailers, our biggest issue is that we are not on the radar as an option. That was pre-COVID. Now we're dealing with a situation where a lot of people are looking to not take a lot of trips to the store. Um, they are sick of cooking maybe one night. So are they going to go then back into a retail store because of the solutions that we have? Or is that going to favor restaurant takeout or delivery even more? So I think the notion of getting on the dance card, as I call it, that was an issue in the past. And I think that is one of the biggest barriers we have to overcome um, in our reimagined world. Well, and I love that term, get on the dance card. I'm going to totally hang on to that one and reuse it. Um, but I think, so, so one of the things I want to kind of get to is the recession. because. I think when we emerged from the last recession, retailers kind of created their dance card. You know, it, it might be that consumers haven't really jumped on board, but at least retailers kind of saw, hey, here's an opportunity. And we saw the emergence of all these extra 
experiential services, you know, the olive bars and the soup bars and the salad bars and the, the meal bars, um, the meal solutions, the kits that eventually, you know, kind of came and went a little bit um, over the past couple of years. So do we have to reimagine the dance card? I think the recession of the 2008, you know, whatever period you want to call it, you're exactly right. That was the impetus for experiential retail, especially in deli and bakery, because we have to go back to the root consumer driver that caused that explosion. People perceived that eating at a restaurant was more expensive than eating at a grocery store, but they didn't become Betty Crocker overnight. That's what's so remarkable to me, though, about the difference in this situation, because now we have time. We have the blessing or curse, depending on how you feel about being at home a lot. We have so much more time. In 2008, 2009, the economy fell, but kids still needed to get to tutoring. And people were still working you know, quite a bit. And I'm not, believe me, I know the three of us are actually working way more because <laughs> we're now in what's instantly a very interesting industry, not a nerdy one anymore. Um, but I think we really have to take a hard look the retailers that were early to drive that trend in 2008 were the ones who won in the long term. And let me give you a, an interesting fact that I love to talk about right now and I never thought would be important again. It shows you how long I've been in this industry. There were three items that became the bellwethers of last recession that everyone was shocked grew like gangbusters. Lipstick, lobster, and artisan bread. Because what we were talking about as an industry, right when the recession hit and the markets fell, was a race to the bottom. Was this belief, you know, I was in Fresh Foods at the time, as was Anna Marie, and there was so much concern that people would jump to Frozen and jump to Shelf Stable and jump to bargain, bargain, bargain. And what we recognized was they didn't suddenly want to not enjoy life. They wanted to replicate a food experience that they couldn't do on their own at home because it was perceived to be cheaper than going out. So let's fast forward to right now. That was an insight that people missed. So I like to take a step back and think, what's the insight right now? I think Anna Marie hit on it, which is people do still want to celebrate. They do still want and need ideas. They've bought these cutting boards and these instant pots. How can you as a retailer bring the experience from something you have to curate at your stores and make about gathering and getting groups of people together to something that can be personalized for them that they can do at home. Um, one of the most interesting things that I've seen, and this is a very early insight, I don't want to like hang my hat on this for the next three years, but I think it's an early sign of the new direction, which is this idea that a bakery here locally, a grocery store bakery for Easter, and this is a trend we've seen bubbling up in bakery, but I think it's right on point. Instead of selling pre-finished 24 flats of cupcakes, as they would have around Easter previously, they were selling four cupcakes, separately the frosting, separately the toppings in the fresh in-store bakery. And the price point was about $5.99. Again, more, like in theory, one might look at that as I was an analyzer and say, $5.99, you didn't even assemble it for me. But they were actually priced up for the value that I could create at home with my children by now letting us decorate our cupcakes ourselves. That type of assembly is the in-store experience brought home. Why can't we take, you know, frozen cookies 
And, you know, frozen cookies that are shipped into the back of house at a in-store bakery that requires a store staff to put in the oven or one of the most, you know, why can't we bring that to home? We know that refrigerated dough is off the charts to the cooking kettles of the soup. That's amazing tasting soup. That's restaurant quality. Why can't we sell it to the consumer as restaurant quality soup that now feeds their family of four? Because we don't need the grab and go single cup anymore. Those are the kinds of experiences rooted in today's consumer need. And that's going to be what's going to win. Yeah, I agree, John. I think on the one hand, we're going to have to go to smaller pack sizes. And I feel that's exactly, especially in the celebration type of items. So uh, Winn-Dixie, for instance, came out with a, a graduation cake that was just a little small one that you would use for a family instead of, to your point, a half or full sheet. And I think on the other hand, Yes, there's a lot of people who might have ran to the store to the store over lunch to buy some soup and maybe a half sandwich or whatever it was, and now they're working from home um, and they are not close to a store with a lot of deli prep or the deli prep is closed or they're making it at home. But that same soup can be a wonderful, easy dinner for people who just want a break from cooking. So instead of the single cups, yes, I've seen stores move to putting it in larger containers where it can be heated up at home, have some bread with it, a salad with it, et cetera. And what I would, what I want to point out is a lot of us have gotten real good in cross merchandising in store. Well, we see trip frequency falling and people are not seeing that cross merchandising, but I'm really encouraged to see that more and more retailers are figuring out those connections that they put together in store and starting to put that online as well. So for instance, from Mother's Day, I saw several retailers putting together a Mother's Day brunch and it included anything from bacon to salads to a small cake. Um, And that's really, I think, where we can start to pull and and put those bakery and deli deli prepared departments back online by just reimagining what is the consumer's home looking like right now, their everyday, their their celebrations, and how do we become part of that new reality? And, And I think that's what success has to look like going forward. Is there anything around what we're doing in store? I mean, do you see some of that similar merchandising occurring in store, even if it's just signage? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen, for instance, if you have olive bars, instead of having to scoop your own olives, a lot of retailers are putting them in little packages. We're seeing that for deli meat, deli cheese, deli prepared where it's packaged. My one call out really for all of those departments is not all households have four people in them. And a a big reason to use service departments, whether it is meat or bakery or deli, has always been budget and household size and variety. Those are the big three reasons. And what I mean with that is, if you're a one-person household, you don't need a pound of deli meat. If you're a one-person household, you don't need six six cupcakes or six donuts, but you still might want to engage in the experience And so as we're moving to a lot of these items being prepackaged in order to keep the sales going, um, keep in mind the different households uh, sizes, the different budgets, the need for variety. And that is a key to success uh, week after week and some of the numbers that John and I look at as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot of complaints online that, you know, or social social chatter that speaks exactly to that, Anna Marie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, and I like how you 
you know, this shift to packaging some of these items that had been, you know, requested or random weight, um, that's a nice safety measure too, because to Jana's point, you feel like fewer people have touched that. So are there other things that, you know, the in-store bakery or the deli can do to kind of promote some of these, whether it's meal solutions or, you know, um, celebratory products, the safety or perceived hygiene of some of these products? Yeah, so I've seen stores be extremely visible about the measures that they're taking. And, and any survey that IRI or myself have done is people want to see what you're doing. They don't just trust blindly the way they have in the past. And so I'm seeing personnel in the store, whether it's mandated or not, behind the counters with masks, with gloves, with hairnets. So all those safety measures just have to be a whole lot more visible. Great. I think that there's, in addition to the safety measure visibility, which is, we hear that, um, I think that packaging, this is the moment in 2020 where we will look back and say for dozens and dozens of years, we have been all about how fresh is about no packaging and we as an industry need to embrace it. And frankly, it's not a bad thing. We've seen engagement, um, you know, one of the analyses we did this week for the webinar on Dairy Deli Bakery was demographical. And one of the really interesting pieces was how both millennials and seniors are what's driving a lot of the declining sales in in-store bakery. Families and the core consumer groups of Gen X and um, are really still buying. And young baby boomers, right, with multiple people in the home. Now is the moment when we need to say, okay, we're going to package, to Anna Marie's point, how do we package for the various household sizes? And one other thing I really want to make sure we get to, to your point about packaging and solutions in store is no longer always in the physical store. The difference between right now and any other time in history is the tremendous benefit that digital affords us. Digital, whether it be your online ordering platform or your digital marketing or your social media engagement as a retailer or a supplier can be your voice in a way that a sign in a store might have been missed. It can be adaptable to different audiences. We can now literally, for pennies on the dollar from a marketing spend standpoint, target an ad to the person who bought Delhi Prepared pre-COVID to come back into Delhi Prepared now. To if I mean, there's so many audiences that can be so tailored and targeted, and we always have underutilized that capability as marketers in this space. But I'd like to talk for a minute about more of the online ordering experience. Um, and, and I think that's the place to take this next. There's certainly the in-store, but I really think this is the moment when Delhi Bakery and all the fresh departments need to up their online ordering game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt that. I've spoken about it quite a bit. Anna Marie has as well. Every year in her Power of series speaks about the importance of embracing online. And previously, if you were a fresh foods, especially random weight, retailer supplier, you said, oh, well, the nature of my business is the interaction and the service and the store experience. How am I going to bring that online? Well, guess what? We're seeing triple digit growth in online, especially brick and mortar pickup orders. So that service, that trust that you've built with this consumer as their local grocer is there. But if you make it incredibly difficult for them to order those departments online, it's not going to be something they immediately do every time. 
we know, and there's been copious amounts of research in our own data that show, especially in the pandemic, people are searching for items on their list. They're searching for specific terms. When you search a term like bakery cookie, you're served everything from Oreos to a million other things. And you really have to dig to find what we think of as an in-store bakery cookie in the industry. Um, you also have the point that, is that really something people are going to search for? And I think we really have to rethink that because grocery online is having a moment. And if we have to embrace it. Oh, challenge that um, we have with e-commerce in fresh, you know, f- for a long time, it was just the barrier of perishables coming to your home but you're speaking to a much bigger level, so important, and that is just digital access to what you're looking for. Anne-Marie? Yeah, I was going to add, so I absolutely agree, Jana. A lot of times it's easy to find my box of X cereal because I, I either scan the code that I have at home or I type it in, um, but it's a whole lot harder for me to order a rotisserie chicken. In fact, I know you and I look every single year and it's incredibly difficult to do, but I think it goes beyond that. If we look now, a lot of people start their searches of, you know what, I'm either not in the mood to cook or don't have time to cook. They don't start with the grocery store to look for prepared food. They start with maybe an Instacart or they start with some other delivery service, or they even start just with Google or open restaurants. I remember being in the heart of Chicago for a Deli Prepared Conference, actually. And to make the point, I had everybody, okay, how do you look for, uh, if you wanted to not cook tonight, and let's just pretend you're in your own home, what would you do? And I saw people go to different apps. Some went to Maps, some went to Google, some went to whatever. Um, And there were several very strong retailers right around the hotel in which we were at with very good Deli Prepared programs regardless of the weapon of choice of everybody in the room, none of those deli prepared departments popped up as an option for dinner tonight. So I go back to my dance card, right? If people are thinking about, you know what, somebody else is going to do my cooking tonight, and I haven't determined who that is, we have got to be part of that consideration set. And from there, The website has to be a great experience to make that possible. Um, One more thought on that. Um, We know people are not necessarily looking to go in store. Several restaurants that I have done takeout with over the last uh, few weeks have been extremely good in setting up systems where you can just run your card outside. There's a huge ordering in the system. Um, But for a lot of the deli prepared, you still have to go inside. You may still have to be in several different lines. Um, So I've seen some creativity in that with retailers who, for instance, have an outside pickup station for Easter hams. Um, So how can you really be creative and learn from what some of the restaurants have done in order to not only be on the dance card, but to also facilitate how people want to engage with you um, in the current environment? I just have one more point on that and I'll make it quick because I know we're running long. When it comes to how people engage, I think the online ordering experience is going to be about engaging different people. So for example, um, in our consumer research, I've been talking quite a bit with different people and different friends from outside our industry. And I think single households, um, urban couples, households who typically hadn't been engaged with the in-store experience because it's very much catered to mom with her two kids. 
how do you curate an experience where you're serving them up opportunities? If you see them searching for specialty cheese, why not offer a small baguette of artisan bread? If you see them to the point searching a term like dinner tonight, why not bring up your cold rotisserie chicken program? And I think there's so many opportunities to tailor to who you're engaging with and recognize that actually you could bring in a whole new audience and an incremental sale by curating the experience to that person. We know who they are because all that information is available in their search history. Why not go beyond what we know they bought before and create like an Amazon-like experience where we're recommending to them based on what others bought who are looking for those items. And that can be very different for a single guy, you know, living in, in the city than it might be for me in the far suburbs with my two kids. And I think just to play off what Anna Marie just said too about some of that experience is learn from restaurants. You know, when was last time you you didn't get a an upgrade from Panera of hey, do you want to add X for ninety nine cents or you have this coming to you free? Why not satisfy the whole family and order two more of whatever they happen to be cookies or something? Um, you're absolutely right. So. In wrapping up today, I want to just recap some of the things that, that I heard from you two, and that is that celebrations will continue, um, cooking will continue, and it's there's a level of creativity that can certainly be built in as additional opportunities and making it easier for consumers to you know, experience joy and feel fulfilled that they're putting more meals on the table, whether it's moving from charcuterie boards to meal kits, um, whatever that happens to look like. Um, that we will, that retailers should absolutely up their game in smaller or more flexible pack sizes um, to accommodate those. Revisit that dance card, you know, revisit that dance card and promote the, the heck out of it. E-commerce is probably the best way to go right now because people are really moving to that, even if they're just looking for inspiration, um, that online, that online ordering experience is in, increasingly important. Um, so with that, I want to say thank you to Anna Marie for joining us and Jana, as always, um, I hope that we get to speak again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please visit iriworldwide.com to view the IRI COVID-19 dashboard and insights portal, where you'll have access to daily updates, in-depth reports, as well as observations and implications for the CPG retail industry. Please become a subscriber of IRI Growth Insights and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.